Welcome to the Covenant Life Church Podcast. We hope this message allows you to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Today, um, we're continuing our series um, on being all in, and this morning we're going to talk about being all in in knowing God. And as we said last week, here at Covenant Life, we exist to meet people where they are so that they would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. Um, To the end, there's more to the story, that they would be fully devoted, fully equipped followers or disciples of Jesus, making a difference in the world in which they live. In other words, our goal is we want you, every person that covenant is home to them, we want them to experience God in all of these ways. But our goal is for you to be a a mature believer, walking in the fullness of who you are in Christ, walking in victory in life, and and building the kingdom of God until Jesus returns or until we go home to be with the Lord. We want to be busy about the kingdom because that's what we're here to do. Amen? And so, I told you this next month, the series is on being all in, and we talked a little bit about kind of what that means last week, and sometimes I think we think all in is, is just that, I, you know, I just give it all I've got, and I, uh, maybe I just do nothing else, but this is all I do, and that's not really the point that I'm trying to get a- across through this series. I want us to understand, especially today, that being all in in knowing God It is so much more than you and I just giving our all. It's so much more than us just, you know, doing more for God. That's not necessarily the aim. The aim is, is how well do you know God? Because the better you know Him, the deeper you know Him, then the more impactful our life becomes, the more fulfilled it becomes, the more fruitful, the more purpose that we live with. You know, we we draw close to Him, and we become more Christ-like in our life. So all in is, is a whole lot more than that in our life, but it begins with knowing God. So, I want to just kind of open up and talk about uh, relationship in our life, because that's what we're talking about. See, knowing God is not about your church attendance. Even though your church attendance can impact how well you know God, but it's not the end-all, catch-all, and it's not a substitute. Your work in the kingdom and serving God is not a substitute for knowing God or your relationship with God. You see, there's this component that we have that Jesus came to restore, not church attendance, not works. He came to restore relationship. He came to take us who were far away from God because of sin and because of His blood being shed, brought us near. And now we get to draw close to Him. We get to be near the Creator of the heavens and the earth. The creator of everything that we see as far as the, the, the wonders of this world, the, the wonders of just your, your physical makeup, we get to draw close to the creator. And so how well do you know him? You know, I remember the first time that I walked into youth group and I saw Julie sitting there, and on the outside, she was a wonder to look at, Right? But that didn't mean that I knew her. 
And, and so I began to have the desire to get to know her. I can take you back to our, our first date. I can take you back to our first times together, right? I remember the place. It was El Chico's in a mall, <laughs> right? That was our first date, was going to El Chico's and eating, and then we drove to the park, sat on the back of my truck, and held pinkies. <laughs> And that was it, I promise. <laughs> but that was a process of knowing her. And in that process, we've been married 31 years now, and we've been together for 36. And we're still knowing each other. We're still growing deeper with one another. You see, it, it, it never comes to an end. Because we're always changing, we're always evolving, so there's this constant investment in one another to want to know one another, and talk with one another, and know each other's thoughts and dreams and perceptions about things. Because we are created individually, but God has brought us together as one, but that still requires us coming together and knowing one another. And I don't want to spend my lifetime with her assuming, because after 30 years, you have marriages that fall apart because there was a lot of assuming, and not really relationship. They knew how to go through the motions together. They knew how to, 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 to navigate, quote, marriage and the institution of marriage and what that looks like, but it doesn't mean that they were actually growing closer together. And so, in our life with God, we have to make sure that we are not in a place to where we just get used to the motions and used to Christianity and used to church life and used to, to, to having, as Paul says, a form of godliness, but the intimacy isn't there. The relationship is not where it needs to be. I mean, I remember even in my own relationship with God, just from the point of salvation as a teenager, 16 years old, fully giving my life to the Lord, even though I grew up in church, but giving my life to the Lord, and I'm still having to grow and be intentional in my relationship with God. I don't know all there is to know. There's still so much more to Him that I get to grow in. And so we're on this journey to be able to know God. And I, I want to try and keep it very simple today, because we can, we could, we could teach a whole year on this. But I, I want to keep it simple. So I want to look at the first thing, and let's just do a little test real quick on how well do you know Him. So, if somebody comes to you and mentions a person's name, and listen, we'll just say John Smith, or we could say from Louisiana, we'll call him Boudreaux, right? And they come to you and they ask you, do you know Boudreaux? And your response may be, well, I don't know him, which is fine, but I, I, I generally don't know this person, right? Or they come to you and they are asking you if you know Boudreaux, and you may say, well, you know, I've heard of him. I've heard about him. 
I don't really know anything about him. There's people in my life that I know that I've heard of. Somebody asked me, I said, well, I've heard of that name. I might know a little bit of information about him, but it's, you know, it's just very vague. Or maybe it's in the place of, I know who they are. Like if I saw them walking in a crowd, we do that with famous people, and we say, well, I, I know who that is. I remember being at Disney World years ago when it was for Emily's 16th birthday, and, and we were there, and we were at um, Hollywood Studios, and there were uh, four people from American Idol, wasn't it American Idol, that were there. And, and my kids are like, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so from American Idol. They recognized them. They, they knew their name. They were famous. They were known. But my kids didn't know them, but they knew about them, knew who they were. Or what about knowing somebody casually? Like somebody that some of us in, in the church, we know people in the church casually. We see them at church. We may see them sitting across, you know, the sanctuary. Sometimes they sit right in front of us or behind us, but we've never really taken the time to know them. We, we just have greetings. How are you doing? I'm fine. Well, how are you doing? I'm fine. You know, and that's kind of the limit. We just kind of casually know them. Now, we're talking about how well do you know Jesus. You see, I can call—we had to call the plumber, Austin's house. They had some plumbing issues. We had to call the plumber, and the plumber came, and I met this guy, and he comes in, and he, he does the plumbing, and he, he does the works, and he do, does the things in the house, and I got to interact with him, but that doesn't mean I know him. I mean, we're not friends. I know him because of the work that he does. Now, listen to me. How well do you know Jesus? Do you know him because of the work that he does? Or is it deeper? And then we could go on and say, well, I know them very well. I know this person. I know them well. Or I think that, I, you know, like I'm friends with them. I know them. I may not know everything, but I know them pretty well. And then we can move on to different levels from that as to maybe a best friend, somebody that you just know and, and you talk maybe daily or every other day and there's this ongoing relationship and you know each other and you know each other well and almost to where you can, you can answer things for them. You could predict maybe what they would do in a situation. You, you know them pretty well. And then there's a level of intimacy where I know them, and they know me, and there's nothing hidden. There's nothing hidden. My wife knows me. I know my wife. We've had conversations about our past, and she really doesn't have much of a past. You know, I had some things in my past that I wanted her to know about. But it's this relationship of I'm not willing to hide anything because I trust you that you're not going to look down on me. You're not going to criticize me. You're not going to condemn me because you know my weaknesses. You know my struggles. You know the things that I, I'm not good at or you know that like I can be 100% open with you. And 
you know, in what I do, and I'm sure it's in other arenas, but my, my life is people. And so there's times when there's people that think they know you. They think they know you because they're in proximity to you, but they don't ever have a conversation where there's an exchange of deep things. And so in our relationship with God, where are you? Like, take a minute and just think for a second, and if you had to pick out where your relationship with God stands, where would it stand in this list? Now, this isn't a catch-all, but I believe it can help locate us. I don't, I'm not here to condemn you, but I don't want to have a false sense of a relationship. I want to be truthful. Because the good news is, is that that relationship can always evolve. You're not stuck. But it's better to know where you are so you know where you're going, as opposed to not knowing where you are. And then we get frustrated with God. I'm sure none of you do. Maybe it's somebody online. But you get frustrated. Well, why isn't, why? And we start asking all the whys. You see what I'm saying? So I, I, I want us to evaluate that today because it's so important to know, you know, and listen, don't be that person that acts like they know somebody and they don't. You know what I'm saying? It's like, do you know so-and-so? And they're like, yeah, I know them. We're like, you know, we're tight. I know they don't do this anymore, but it's like, we're tight. We, and it's like, you don't know them. It's name dropping. <laughs> Hopefully, we're not found in the kingdom name-dropping. Name-dropping Jesus. Depending on our company. We get around Christians, we get around pastor, we get around—then our conversation may change. I've been doing it too long, and I'm not even going to say I'm not guilty. I'd be, I'll be the first always to admit something. Now, I don't do that now, right? But I'm not going to say I've never been guilty. Why? Because I don't want somebody to look at me and be disappointed. And you see what I'm saying? So again, this, this is not about trying to make you feel bad. This is about where am I so that I can evolve, I can grow. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 11. This is the Passion Translation or 7 through 10, it says, yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them. And I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. To truly know Him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace Him as Lord in all of His greatness. Paul had great accomplishments in life. You can go read about it. But he said, I count all of these, now listen, as rubbish compared. It doesn't mean that your accomplishments mean nothing, 
But he just said, compared to the, 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 the excellency of knowing Jesus, nothing else compares. No amount of success, no amount of degrees, no amount of anything that I accomplished in this line compares simply to knowing Jesus. Verse 9, he said, my passion is to be consumed with him and not cling to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My only righteousness, righteousness will be his based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. Wow. In the Amplified, verse 8, he says, but more than that, I count everything as loss compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord and of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him, a joy, a joy unequaled, a joy unequaled. And verse 10, he says, and this, so that I may know him, experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. That was Paul, the Apostle Paul. So his whole life went from standing upon his accomplishments in life to saying, all I want to do is know Jesus. And the, the fruit of the Apostle Paul's life is a product of knowing Jesus. So how do we know that I know God? Like the Bible actually answers this question. How do I know that I know God? First John chapter 2, verse 3, he says, now by this we know that we know him. It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? By this we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, he who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. I didn't say that. Amen? Don't get mad at me. It says, and the truth—now listen—is not in him. He says, but whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. Now, I'm, I'm going to explain this. 1 John 4, 7 and 8, here's another scripture. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Wow. He who does not love does not know God for what? God is love. Now listen to me, because I want to help you with the commandments part, the being obedient. It's not a performance of obedience to get to know him. It's because I know him, the fruit of my life is obedience. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, if you claim to know me, then there's going to be fruit in your life that gives evidence to the relationship that we have. 
and it's going to be tied to my word. Because the more you know me, Jesus is saying, the more you become like me. The more you're changed into the image of Christ, the more you and I are Christ-like. Listen, church attendance is only good to the degree that you hear what the Spirit of God is saying and you take it home and you do something with it. Otherwise, it's for nothing. It's a performance. And performance will not bring you any closer to Jesus. But relationship. Acknowledging who he is and his blood. Amen. So how do we know? How do we do this? I'm going to move quick through this because we have a lot still to do today. Number one is that it has to be with prior, prioritized time. You don't get to know anybody without time. Everybody agree on that? Takes time to get to know somebody. Well, to get to know God, it's got to be prioritized. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. You got to have time and give time. Number two is the word of God. You'll not know Jesus outside of the Word. Why? Because John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 14 says, the Word became flesh. Jesus is the Word made flesh. Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are life. So as you're reading your Bible, the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and He moves it from being information like reading a biography to being a spoken word to your spirit as if Jesus is speaking it to you. That's relationship. It's good to read our Bible. We need to, but we need the Holy Spirit to take that Scripture and make it personal. That's relationship, because it's personal, and it means something to me. It's not me just reading stories about Jesus. And then thirdly, which I've already said is the Holy Spirit. The Word alone is not enough. Because it'll lead you to legalism. Well, I just read my, I think it's great. You need to, but it's not enough. You have to have the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth, and his job is to guide you into all truth. And he's to reveal. Jesus said he would take everything that is mine, and he would disclose it, John chapter 16, and make it known to you. That's the Holy Spirit. And you can't have the Spirit without the Word, because that's where you get weird and goofy, turn into a granola bar, right? We have to have both, the Spirit and the Word. So number four is worship and prayer. I really don't have to say much because we experienced that today. When you make time for God in worship and prayer, prayer is a two-way communication, not a one-way ask. It's, it is asking at times, but it's communication. It's time with God. Worship is, is a form of prayer, or prayer can be a form of worship. They work hand in hand. 
And then lastly, is God relationships. You won't grow in your relationship with God apart from godly relationships. It won't happen. You have to have people in your life that are in relationship with God and are moving forward on the same journey. The Apostle Paul said, listen, don't, don't, don't be deceived in this. Don't, don't think, he says, but bad or evil company corrupts good morals. All I need to do is see who you spend your time with, like the majority of your time, and it'll be a part of what's being produced in your life. You say, yeah, but we're supposed to be around the laws. Yes, you are. You should be. You're supposed to be a light and a witness. But the Bible says also to have no fellowship with darkness. So there's two parts to that. Well, Jesus ate with the sinners, and he did. Yes, he did, but he spent more time with the disciples. Amen. So we have to have those godly relationships in our life. The Bible says that uh, iron sharpens iron. And so the countenance of a friend sharpens another. We sharpen one another. We're having the men's meeting coming up. Why are we doing that? Because it's about relationship. It's not just about food and hanging out as men. It's about drawing close. Everything we do is to help people to know God. Amen. Bow your head with me. You say, I ask you to examine yourself and where you are at as far as knowing God. If you're listening to the podcast or watching online, take a moment right now. Where are you in your relationship? Now, I, I left one out. I left one out when we're talking about different levels of res relationship. And one of those levels is, well, I used to know them. I used to know them. I've got friends in high school that I used to know, but I don't keep in contact with. I'm not mad at them. It's just life and distance and different things. But I used to know them. The good news is, is you can just take a step and begin to move forward on your journey in knowing Him. Amen. And so I want to pray with you this morning. If, and, and specifically, if you say, I just really don't know Jesus. Maybe you've been in church, but you don't know him, right? Even if you've prayed the prayer of salvation, but you don't know him. And then number two is, is maybe it's I used to know him. And Pastor Rob, I want to get back into fellowship with him. Amen. If that's you, just pray this right now. Just, just repeat this. Pray this with me. I want to lead you in prayer this morning. Just say, Jesus, my heart is to know you. My heart is to, to grow deeper in relationship with you. And I turn away from my past I repent of any wrongdoing or things that were not pleasing to you. And I set my eyes on you, Jesus. I give you everything today. 
I'm all in with you. All of my heart, all of my soul, I put my faith in you, Jesus. And I declare you are my Savior. I declare you are my Lord. I receive all that you are into my life. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray over every person in this place, all of us, that none of us have arrived. And I pray that this morning that our heart is stirred to not just have a form, not just be satisfied with with knowing you a little bit or or maybe pretty good, but Lord, that, that our passion, our desire is to know you fully and completely to the best of our ability to know you. And Lord, I repent. If I've put other things above you, if I have not spent the time with you that I need, Father, I repent. And my heart is to know you, to know you intimately. And I thank you for loving me. I thank you for your blood that allows me to get close to you. I thank you for your spirit revealing you to me so that I can walk with you more intimately and deeply. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so excited that you joined us today. For more information, go to myclc.church. Have a great day.